This is a big-timing comedy production. Coming to you from the heart of Kingsville, Maryland. A place where the beer flows like wine. Deep inside the torture chambers of producer Mike, Big Timing Comedy presents Paco's Got Balls, featuring the founders and pioneers of Big Timing Comedy, Stefan Suvaric. I'm your huckleberry. And Eric Joliger. 100 push-ups in 20 minutes! Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. I don't want to jerk the wheel. Goddamn bridge in one minute. Big Timing Comedy is a sponsor of Paco's Got Balls featuring Wendy. Big Timing Comedy has upcoming shows. Tickets and details for those shows are available on bigtimingcomedy.com slash events. While you're on our website, be sure to check out the show notes for each episode to see websites and pictures that we discuss or take during the podcast episodes. We also welcome you to please leave comments, good, bad, or ugly. We welcome them and we will read them on upcoming episodes and give you a shout out. Again, bigtimingcomedy.com slash podcast. Become a sponsor of Paco's Got Balls featuring Wendy. If you know any local or global small or large businesses, please contact me at eric at bigtimingcomedy.com. Our Amazon butt plug. If you use Amazon for any online purchasing needs, let's face it, it's 2018 and Amazon is taking over the world. We all use it. For your future purchases, we just ask that you take a few extra seconds of your time to go to our homepage and click the Amazon link, which doesn't cost you a cent, but only a few seconds of your time, and it really helps us out here on the podcast as we are an affiliate. We will get credit for anything you purchase, whether it's a button or a butt plug. We just recommend you don't go with a pre-owned one. Infinite Nutrition. It's a powder mix costing the same or less than a bottle of Gatorade per drink. Choose your flavor from eight different flavors as well as add caffeine or other supplements to your needs. Go to our homepage and click the infinite link and get a discount on your next order. Please let one other person know this week about our podcast. Also, if you haven't done it yet, there's no need to wait. Please become a patron. Our patronage, not to be confused with a spell from Harry Potter, but we do want to keep doing this and keep growing and improve things for you. But there are a lot of costs associated with the production website costs, equipment, music licensing, live podcasts, etc. With your membership, you will receive a kick-ass Big Time in Comedy t-shirt, Big Time in Comedy beer koozies, decals, bonus content, and a handy boy from Stefan. Obviously, that comes with a higher level of patronage. We also have to worry about Corona beer, which isn't here tonight, but it will be, I'm sure, the next time. <laughs> and all of us have our stuff turned up. <laughs> Am I, is my, oh, there I am. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of Paco. No balls. No, but we got Paco's got no balls. No Wendy. Just me and the whooping crane. Yeah, there it is. Eric is on a family vacation. He still found a way to insert his voice into this podcast, which I find to be charming. Absolutely fucking charming. Wendy is hosting a um, a show tonight, right, over at the uh, Emerald Tavern. Emerald Tavern. Uh, she's got a wonderful lineup there. Uh, I can't recall who's headlining. Do you remember? That's all right. We're not there. We don't. We're not there, and, and neither are our listeners, obviously. So they don't give a shit. But uh, Wendy, we wish you the best in your show, and uh, Eric, whatever you're doing, 
He's watching us because he oh, just he has is. no life. Oh, he's just, what is he saying? He says, how's that pink chair feel? <laughs> I'll tell you how it feels, Eric. It feels like it's had your foreskin all over it. <laughs> it is covered in fucking dead, dead epidermis. And that epidermis comes from the very tip of your penis. I don't so, want to tell you this, but Meredith was the last ass in that chair. Oh, really? <laughs> well... You know, I'd take Meredith's ass over Eric's foreskin any day of the week. I don't blame you. Twice on Sunday. But this is Wednesday. Welcome to Monday Night Paco. And by Monday Night Paco, I mean Wednesday night. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a wild ride tonight, guys. It's just me. It's just me. And, of course, Michael Crane. I've got a lot of things that I want to get off of my chest. I've got a lot of things that I've wanted to say for a long time. And there ain't nobody here to stop me. Well... Well, what? Don't make me censor you. You won't. You can't. What are you going to do when you when you turn down the volume? <laughs> oh, I can keep talking. <laughs> you could. I could. You could. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say, though. This could be Wednesday night whooping crane. That's right. All right. Well, so again, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. I have a few topics I'd like to get to. I'd like to just let everybody know I've been, uh, I've been traveling a whole lot. It's great to be back here in the Kingsville area. About three weeks ago, I went out to L.A. I uh, had a great time out there. I uh, I went to Disneyland. I saw uh, I saw a couple. I went to the Comedy Store. It's a world famous Comedy Store. I got backstage there. I went to the Ace Theater. Met Michael Shea from Saturday Night Live. He's getting in a little hot water right now. He's made some comments about this uh, this special Nanette that came out uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of this, Mike. No, um, it's a, it's well, it's a, it's like a one woman comedy show. Uh, but like halfway through it, she um, she starts uh, making it sort of like a, a feminist movement. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call it a concert. Feminist movement performance. It's it's halfway through. It becomes less of a comedy show and it becomes more of her talking about uh, she literally had a story about getting raped. Um, not just like a joke. She had just an entire story about her sexual assault. And Michael Shea's point, and I tend to agree with him, not because I've met him and he bought me a drink, but because I agree with him, um, he was saying that basically there's no place for that in comedy. I go to a comedy show and I want to laugh, right? I want to I want to laugh and I don't want to I don't need the if you're going to make social bring comedy, me up, don't bring me down. Right. If you're going to don't frame it in in Netflix and his point too was it falls into the comedy category on Netflix, you know, where they categorize it. And and his point was don't put this in the comedy category cuz halfway through there's no more laughs. There's no he, his thing was, "Hey, look, there's no punchline to this. Rape jokes aren't funny anyway. You're going to tell a rape story and there's no punch Line, um, there's there, it's it's a it's a female empowerment thing. It's a slippery slope. It is a good special, from what I've been told. I haven't watched it yet, but I can easily see the guy's point. He's a head writer on SNL. He's a featured guy on uh, Weekend Update. Right. Uh, he's got some clout, right? And 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 I tend to agree with the fact that uh, you know things. What you categorize as comedy uh, can certainly uh, get a little dicey. And and I, again, I'll lean with him when it's. You frame this as a comedy special, and then halfway through, it's a uh, it's like a it's like a cautionary life tale about a. I think she's a lesbian, and also <laughs> has been said. Yeah, so it's it's all about her struggle. So it's like going to a Ted Nugent concert. Yeah, something no. like that. No, not at all like a Ted Nugent concert. Uh, yeah, last time. What did Ted do? Uh, 
the breaks between the songs were getting a lot of talk and chatter. That, oh, politically driven? Of course. Yeah, he's a pretty pretty right-leaning Republican, he, right? He opened for Kiss during their reunion tour uh, for the first leg, and they asked him to stop. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, they removed him. Wow, just too much political too commentary. Mu- too much. It's a little like Bono. You know, Bono comes right. very heavy-handed. Well, the fucked up thing about Bono is I went to see U2, uh, down in Washington, D.C. I think it was RFK Stadium. I don't know. It was probably eight years ago. And at the time, U2 had the most elaborate and expensive stage production. That, that, it was a square, hive. The square tent yeah. or whatever. No, no, what it was, Mike, it was a hive, right? And, and it was uh, uh, rigged up in, in the ceiling and it would descend and it would come down and the hive would open up and it was a screen on mm-hmm. the outside of the hive. So it would come down and look like a honeycomb almost. Right. Right. And it would come down and it would envelop the band. And then it was a screen on the outside of it. Meanwhile, they had this stage that would rotate. It was like a $20 million stage. Easily, I'm sure. And this motherfucker Bono has the balls to come out and go, there's children starving in Africa. <laughs> you know, you got to donate your money. You got to do. Hey, how about you fucking don't put that fucking hive up that cost $20 million, Bono. And you charge just $75 right. to get in here hey play sunday bloody sunday all right i didn't fucking pay for you to tell me to donate by the way i'm happy to do it but hey you son of a bitch hypocrite get off your soapbox get off your fucking 20 million dollar stage and uh and do me a favor stop telling me what to do with my money because i already gave you two by the way you two tickets were like 200 bucks a pop so these sons of bitches i mean come on anyway that'll transition well into what i wanted to talk about next all right I'm cruising the internet the other day, and I see this article that pops up, and and it got tagged because two of my favorite, two of my favorite artists of all time are in it: the Piano Man, and the Rocket Man. All right, and to the layman, our Rocket Man, our Rocket, yeah, not not, not him, not not Little Rocket Man, <laughs> not the Little Rocket Man, the Rocket Man. Right. It was Billy Joel and Elton John, and I said, oh wow, maybe they're going on tour again together, right? Because right? I missed that last time, and man, would I have loved to have seen that. Mm. No, you know what it is? Here's, here's what I wake up to with my morning coffee. It's this article, it's this headline. Billy Joel says Elton John is, quote, dragging down his legacy by continuing to put out new music. Fuck you, Billy Joel. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Billy Joel, I believe, hasn't put out an album in eight years, and that's fine. You know, you've you've had a legendary career, probably 40, 50 years worth of music, Still right? selling out a room every time he he's sure there. He sure is. But you're talking to the Rocket Man here. Who still ha- apparently has words to say. Yeah. Don't I mean, tell the man to stop writing. He's a fucking artist. He's a musician. What balls this guy, this fucking New York, because you know he's from New York, Billy Joel. Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. And we can tell this fucking Brit. He's going to tell this British. No, I mean, come on. Hey, look, Elton John might be 60, 70, whatever he is. He's probably 70-something years old. But I give the guy a lot of credit for continuing to write, continuing to perform. Don't Look, he could very easily rest on his laurels, get his Vegas show or whatever it is, and just sit there and play Levon and Rocket Man and all that shit, right? Se- 71. He's 71 years old, still putting out new music. Like I said, you got stuff to write? Write it, man. Again, I, you know what? He may never hit the heights of what he did in the 70s or, or you know, again, Levon and, and, and uh, Yellow Brick Road. Well, and, and we got to remember... Elton didn't really write most of his own lyrics. That's true. So That's even true. If, even if somebody's Bert still... Baccarat? Who was his guy? Bernie Tulpin. Bernie Tulpin, right. If people are still submitting lyrics to him and he's still banging out melodies for him, uh, still, go at it. Go now, Billy it. Joel's 69. Okay. Uh, he stopped recording new albums of solo material 
25 years ago is what I just read in his early 40s. So, I mean, again, it, I, who who the fuck are you to come at this? 25 years since you've written an original song and you have the balls to come to Sir Elton. He's been knighted. This guy is a knight. He probably has a sword. You know? Why you know you- what? You know what's not going to happen now? If Billy, if Billy went out on a limb and, and splattered all this, that just means that Elton told him no when he wanted to tour oh, again. Oh, you know what? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he's mad. You're probably right. And and you know what? There ain't no fucking shot at it now. Right. I'll tell you that. Anyway, in addition to Sir Elton, Billy Joel also called out Beatles legend Paul McCartney for his <laughs> output of new music. McCartney has a new studio album, Egyptian Station. Uh-huh. You know what he says? He goes, people feel compelled. Paul McCartney to this day, got to be relevant, got to be new, got to have a hit. I stopped feeling like that a long time ago. Fuck you, Billy Joel. (laughs) You know what? You know what you are? You're a guy that got your money, that made your money. And lost it. Lost. Okay. And got it again. New York state of mind. Sure. (laughs) Look at this motherfucker. 25 years since he's written an original song. Just coasting. Just coasting off the hits he wrote in his fucking 20s and 30s. Paul McCartney and Elton John, to their credit, maybe to their detriment, are still touring, are still writing music, are still putting out new music. Is it the best that it's ever been? No. But you can't fucking fault these guys for doing what they've done their whole lives. And still enjoying it. Right? I don't like Billy Joel anymore. Yeah. I don't that's I don't I don't respect that. You know, you're telling somebody to to stop being creative. Fuck you. You're an artist anyway. I guess I he guess he ran out of art. I guess Billy, you know, Billy Joel. Oh, fuck you, Billy Joel. Anyway, <laughs> I do like Billy Joel's music, but this just taints Billy Joel in my eyes. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. I want to uh, there's a movie on uh, HBO. It's the, uh, do you have HBO, Mike? No. All right. There's this movie that's out. Uh, it's the Kingsman. It's the, the Kingsman sequel. It's like the Kingsman Golden Circle or something like that. Uh, the only reason this is relevant is I watched it the other night. I was, it, was, it came on at like twelve, and I couldn't turn it off. It's like this. Uh, it's James Bondy like action flick, right? Right. And uh, it's all the British. And at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, there's this scene where they're breaking into this compound, right? And as they get into the compound, then there's like mechanical dogs and there's over the top action and just like, you know, martial arts and explosions. And then they get to a scene where fucking Elton John is sitting in a chicken costume, just playing music, just tapping away at the keys, pounding the keys. And I'm like, is that really Elton John? Is that a chicken or a duck? It was a chicken. Oh, okay. He was in a chicken outfit. <laughs> All right. So then Elton John, uh, they, there are two guys, two gunmen come in, and Elton John realizes there's somebody breaking into this complex. They're trying to, uh, it's it's a very over-the-top story. They're trying to get like a um, like an uh, antidote for some worldwide virus. And Elton John sees what's happening, and he decides to... Now, I think, by the way, his character in this film was just there for the entertainment of the evil villain, all right? <laughs> so he's in the chicken outfit. He's the Joker. Yeah, he's sitting, up on, he's sitting up on the stage, he's in the chicken outfit, and these two gunmen come in, and they're like, don't move, Elton John, don't you fucking move, right? <laughs> Elton John looks at him with some big shit, shit-eating grin and, and proceeds to f- jump and fucking fly across the stage and karate kick this guy, okay? Elton John becomes an integral part of the plot of this film i hadn't seen him probably in 10 years uh, maybe he's been touring and writing new music it seems like but i hadn't seen him right <laughs> up he pops in this movie he did a great job uh he, he did a fucking flying kick uh then there was a scene where a dog tried to eat him and uh and uh, somebody shot that dog with a gun so 
Anyway, if you haven't seen The Kingsman, uh, Golden Circle, I think it's a sequel. It's a sequel to the original Kingsman. I didn't see the original Kingsman. Uh, it was pretty fucking good, though. So I'm going to stick. There's a music vibe here at the beginning. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue down with it. So yeah, uh, it. the other thing I saw, Mike, and I'm going to involve you in this conversation, Mike. Oasis. Oasis. You remember? Do you ever? You remember when? Uh, what's his name? Le- no, who's the dickhead? Is it Liam or Noel? Do you know? I was never a big Oasis. All right, fan. I think it's Noel. I think Lee. No, maybe it's Liam. Liam's the fucking dick. He was on um, uh, that show with Carson Daly in the early 2000s when they were in Times Square, and they had, it was like uh, they they would bring all these like modern musicians on, on they MTV. Had a live, yeah, they had like a live audience. I forget the name of it, but uh, Liam comes in and he's all fucked up, right? He's chewing gum, does. Just a dickhead fucking Englishman. Just and Carson's. I mean, Carson's a douchebag anyway. But Carson's like, "Hey, uh, Liam, you got this new album out. How you feeling?" He's like, "Feeling godlike. Feeling feeling godlike." Smacking away on his gum. Real douchebag. Anyways, brother uh, Noel, I think is the. Oh shit! Hey, we got the flood warning. Severe flood warning. Avoid flood areas. We're good here. Oh Jesus. Anyway, so. uh, Oasis is on stage. They have a song called Cigarettes and Alcohol, okay, which is very close to my heart. <laughs> it's why it's I like to think of it as my free bird, you know? It's my opus. <laughs> Whenever they play it, I just get a lighter out and light up a cigarette. Uh, no, so they're on stage, and someone threw a fish on stage, like a big fish, like a bass, like a sea bass, like a 16-pointer. How do you sneak that in? I don't know. Maybe in your pants, you know? Large individual. <laughs> now, Mike, you have been... Uh, uh, is the term roadie? What's the term for what you do? I, I pretty much stick to that. Okay, you've been, been a roadie for the leather and lace. Uh, crack the sky. You work no, with those no, guys. No, You're just no. a fan of those guys. Several species. Who are the band? Several species. That was the Floyd one that you. And then, yeah. and then in the early, in the early days, a small, uh, like a Chicago tribute band, almost. It, they uh. They have a brass section. Yes. Oh, that's cool. All right, so what's what's the? I'll ask you two parts because maybe you've never seen one, but maybe you've seen. What's the craziest thing you've seen thrown on stage at one of these concerts you've been to? Uh, I might have seen some panties fly up. That's not well, crazy, right? That's that's what I was going with. This. I was hoping for a, uh, I don't know, like a car part, yeah, <laughs> like a muffler, uh, yeah. Well, you, you know, several species is going to be. You know, tame enough that there's really not much to going on there. I mean, they don't throw beach balls around like. All right. craziest thing you've seen backstage with one of these cover bands. Same thing. Drugs really. and alcohol. What do we got? Yeah, that's a that's about it. Tell I mean, me, take me into the world of the, the cover band. The uh, the guys in several species had a friend that was bringing his own home brewed beer, okay. which he which he named after Pink Floyd songs. That How? Was, what was the alcohol was, content in that beer? I don't know. I didn't drink it. Okay. You but, didn't drink it? What the beer, fuck, Mike? I'm not a beer drinker. All right. And I also have to drive at the end of the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's never stopped you before. Actually, it does. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't speak on that because every time I'm with you, it's here. <laughs> uh-huh. And you're drinking heavily. Yeah. But you don't have to drive anywhere. Nope. You're a professional driver. I shouldn't talk shit. That's you know. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so a fish, a fish on stage at Oasis, which just makes me feel, feel real good because that guy Liam's a douchebag. Last music-related piece that I'm going to bring up. What was that song? Uh, uh, it's called Cigarettes and Alcohol. Please find that for me. Last music-related piece I'm going to bring up that I uh, that I found in the last week that I'd like to talk about uh, is Lisa Marie Presley. 
the famous daughter of Elvis Presley. She was married to Michael Jackson for a time. And that was a weird. Do you remember that weird kiss they had? Yeah. I think it was the VMAs. And Michael Jackson's like, and nobody thought this would last. And he like turns to kiss her and like tries to. It was the most awkward platonic yep. lesbian kiss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. That's the last, uh, probably the last memory I have of Lisa Marie, to be honest. I haven't seen her in 20 years. I remember how attractive she was. Right. I was very attracted to her. She looked like her father. That probably means I wanted to fuck Elvis, you know. And he was a good-looking man, though. He had some soft features until he got older and fatter. Fatter. Yeah. <laughs> he died on the shitter. Do you know that? Yes, I do. He died literally on the shitter. He, he he was purple at the time, and his colon weighed 52 pounds. If you gotta go, go with a smile, you know? That's what the Joker always said. <laughs> no, last piece. Lisa Marie Presley was uh, inherited as, as a trustee or as an heiress to her father's empire. Piece of it, right? She inherited, hundred, I believe, $100 million dollars. Which is probably a, a, a sliver because her mother got, you know, Priscilla yeah, got was, a I'm decent sure amount. Uh, who's the who's some of his managers? Who's the colonel? The, you know, the a lot of the contributors in his career. Major Bill Smith. Major Bill Smith. That's <laughs> it. Lisa Marie gets a hundred million dollars from her father, Elvis Presley, from his untimely death. Today, Marisa, Lisa Marie Presley is sixteen million dollars in debt. She's getting sued by her former, I guess, manager, who she says he lost it all. He says her her wayward spending, she lost it all. Here's the thing. We're talking about a hundred million fucking dollars. Where the hell's she living? I don't know. I mean, and also this isn't, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the the equivalent, These some of these NFL or NBA, some of these uh, um, athletes who grew up poor. Okay, and then uh, turn 18, 19, 20 years old and get handed $50 million. Right. Never been around it. Never seen it. I, I don't justify it. I can I can understand because they're probably surrounded by horrible people making the worst recommendations to them. Right. They're spending money like they they're buying cars and houses and buying their mom a house. And, you know, I sort of understand it. OK, I don't justify it, but I can get where someone like that with no direction uh, can blow a whole lot of money. This girl grew up around it. She was involved in it. Her father was a celebrity. I'm pretty sure she was well cared for before. I, I, I would imagine so. I just don't under... And then, you know, it, it, it's... You it, you wonder, this, guy, this guy's just got to be rolling over in his grave. You know, or I'm sorry, he's got to be rolling over on that Cuban island where he's just fucking sitting there with Tupac and Biggie and fucking whoever who he's gone <laughs> you don't you don't subscribe to the elvis is alive theory based on his age what would he be today it, late 70s i believe late 70s yeah. i'll tell you what out john's 71 he's still cranking out fucking hits mike yeah but he wasn't you know didn't have a 52 pound colon in 1980 that's either. true that's true you know the other weird thing about elvis was is supposedly he was extremely anti-drug extremely anti-drug but he had a lot of prescription drugs. drugs right Right, no, but he wasn't a part. He wasn't a drinker or a he's partier. A, he's a DAA agent. He was a guy that would take had a DAA badge. Peanut butter. Stop that plane. Now I'll tell you this: if your diet consists of peanut butter, banana, bacon, and honey sandwich on some thick Texas toast bread, there's only so many days you've got 
before you have a 50-pound colon. So many great stories from Elvis. And the, you're dying on the shitter, though. The, right. You know, but, you know, like somebody told him, you know, well, yogurt's good for you, Elvis. So Elvis would get 50 and eat 50 at a time. <laughs> yogurt's good for you. Oh, oh, well, hell, I like, I like yogurt. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Get me 50. <laughs> I'm going to eat 50 fucking of them yogurts until my colon explodes. What a way to go. How would you want to go? Would you want to go on the shitter, Mike? I'll pass. Yeah? yeah nah. I, you know what, though? If I'm t- Here's the thing. If I'm t- one of the greatest pleasures in life is taking a shit. It's an underrated pleasure. The orgasm is way up there. But I'll tell you, <laughs> a great shit, a really good dump, if you got to go, is one of the greatest pleasures in life. Well, for Would men, you disagree? Well, for a man, it applies pressure. Oh, is that it? That's part of it. It's prostate pressure? Yeah. Oh, it's like milk in the prostate. Just passing by. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That, I didn't know that. I just happened to think of that. That's smart. You're a smart guy. Well, I if you had to go, if you were if there, if there was one way you were going to go out, Mike Crane. I just they, I, I you just could drown, you could I, be burned alive. I just mentioned this to Kim earlier. Okay. I want hey bro- Kim, I want boobs in my face. Well, okay, you got boobs. Do you want to be smothered by titties? Is I, that-, <laughs> that is not what I was thinking. All right, tell me what but you I mean. Would like at least like a pair in my. I got to sip this tequila. So tell me what you mean. I'm pretty sure during sex, boobs in the face, heart attack gone. Oh, you want to have a heart attack while getting fucked? Might as well with some titties in your face. Yeah, titties. That's a special moment, Mike. <laughs> That's fully possible. I mean, you just kind of highly probable with Messiah with the issues with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you got some angina? Are you okay? Oh, great! Producer Mike Crane just had a heart attack. Everyone, that's great. You know, Can you figure out a bush stop and save on this stuff. I, here's I the, gotta go. Here's here. I, I'll get to how I'd like to go if I had to go. But I have. I've heard had a lot of people. Here's the thing: you never know. Uh, how these statements are if they're factual or not and i've had i've heard this quote that it's like if you're gonna go if you're gonna if you gotta die right if you gotta pick a way to go drown because it's really peaceful you know your lungs just fill up with the liquid and you just sort of you just you just sort of fall asleep right here's the thing leading up to that moment the sheer terror of drowning. Of gasping for air. Right. Of fucking struggling and kicking with every bone. And your your instinct is to survive. I've gotten stuck in the undertow once before. Yeah, me too. I don't Man. just sit down and let my fucking lungs fill up. with. It's got to be the most terrifying, empty, alone feeling that there is. I would never want it. The fear of drowning is just, that's paramount. I would never want to go that way. Okay, the actual act of drowning is probably peaceful. But the panic attack that you will fucking experience. Yeah, that, I mean, that is awful. That is all. I think I might want to be burned alive instead of that. You know, at least, at least you're fucking, you're just, just, you know, what do we got? Not much. He's a fucking artist. Yes, dropping by. Hey, hey, he's got Matt Brown. Okay, our most recent guest. Peabody Sherman, whose name is Matt Beck. Okay, Matt Beck, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to say your name. Okay, I'm going to tell it like it is. All right, we'd like to get you on this show. Matt Brown, are you up in New York City yet? I hope you've had a wonderful trip. I hope you've had a wonderful transition. And if you're still here... Look, I'll pay your gas, okay? I'll get your ass up there. I was just up there. Listen, I was in New York. I was in New York a lot last week. I was in Manhattan on Monday. I had a show uh, at a bar. We went up with our buddy, uh, excuse me, I went up with our buddy Mark Riccadonna. 
who's been on the show. He's a good friend of Gino Venti from Gino's Cheesesteaks. And Mark's a fantastic comic. He's a Philly-based guy, and he runs a room uh, up in Manhattan called Drexler's. Uh, we went up on a Monday night. I picked him up. We parked in Secaucus. We took the train in. We got coffee. Man, was I a New Yorker. And uh, and we so we go to the place. Uh, it was great. It was a, like a speakeasy. We were in the basement, and it was really intimate. I mean, people were literally like six inches from my fucking face in this show. And it was packed room, 30, 40 people, but it was a small room. And it, it doesn't sound like the most in the world, but when people are literally like eating out of the palm of your hand, I don't even mean that figuratively. Like I could have, excuse me, stuck my hand out. And they could have eaten peanuts out of it. <laughs> great show. We had a great time. We hung out with some ladies afterwards. Just we went to a couple bars. We went back. I almost fell asleep uh, following some 18-wheeler. It was like Dumb and Dumber. The lights were blinking. And I was like, hey, Mark, I got to crash at your place for a little bit. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, then we ran uh, you know, ran home. I went to work t- Tuesday. Wednesday, we had a, I had a great show. I want to thank Mike Quinlan for putting me up uh, at, the, uh, at CVP. I headlined that. Wonderful show. Great turnout. About 100, 150 people in the audience. A lot of old friends showed up. Uh, it was a wonderful time. I appreciate everybody that came out. Thank you. And then, you know, we uh, ran, about, ran back up the road on Friday. I was back up in New York. I uh, did a show at the Broadway Comedy Club. Met up with the ladies. Had a great time, you know. Saw my friend Jesse in Brooklyn. What I'm trying to tell you is I'm in a New York state of mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm in, I'm in a New York state of mind. And fuck Billy Joel, but I'm in a New York state of mind. So anyway, Matt Brown, that was for you. I'm going to be coming back up there on Wednesday uh, for a little while. I'm going to stay Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and uh, if I can meet up with you, if you're up there with Leland and the gang. Oh, shit. What's this? Nothing. I thought this was cigarettes and alcohol, but you're no, fucking no, no. playing Billy Joel, aren't you? Well, you said it. Okay. I'm gonna do y'all. Yeah, we're not gonna get that. This is copyright infringement. You're deathly scared of that. Trying to keep us out of trouble. All right. Well, let's get on to the hot topic. Donald Trump. Who? Trumpy. <laughs> Trumpster. The Trump man. Before I get to the tape, which I'm very enthralled by. All right, by the way, not because of why you think. Well, maybe because of why you'd think. Mark. <laughs> well, first, we got the NFL kneeling issues. Still, it's still around. Can this can this president just move? You know what it is. You know what it, he texted. He made some tweet and he was like, "To the forty million dollar commissioner." It, it, here's what he suggested: if they if they kneel one time, they're suspended for the game. If they kneel again, suspended for the season. Who gives a fuck? Donald Trump has a blood vendetta against the NFL. Do you know this story? Do you know this story? No. Okay, he wanted to be an NFL owner. Okay, this was early 80s, like huh. 82, 83. And the NFL owners got together and said, we don't want this guy. We don't <laughs> want this guy in the league, and they blackballed him. They huh. wouldn't let him in. So he started a league. Do you, have you heard of the USFL? Do you remember that? Yes. It was a rival league, and they actually did a pretty good job of poaching some stars um, from straight from college. Uh, Jim Kelly was in that league. I believe Warren Moon was in that league. So they got marquee players, hmm. um, and Trump had one of the teams in that. So he uh, essentially tried to start a competitor and go to war with the NFL in the early <laughs> 80s, you know, 83, 84, whenever the USFL was. The season, or excuse me, the league only lasted, I want to say, three, four seasons, right? Hmm. Uh, and then it folded. But Donald Trump never, ever forgot that. So I wanted to be clear. 
I, I, I want people to know that this whole kneeling thing that he's that he's um, making such an issue over and attacking the NFL and the owners and the commissioner, there's two things at play. One, the NFL receives money from the U.S. military mm-hmm. to advertise the American flag and, and, and patriotism and, you know, um, touting the U.S. military as a, uh, you know, a medium for people to go into for a career. Recruitment. So, Recruitment. right, correct, recruit. And they're paid handsomely by the U.S. government and the military to do that. So that's one piece of this. And on that regard, I understand. The other piece is Donald Trump has a blood vendetta against the NFL. This guy didn't forget. Does this look like a guy that fucking forgets things? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. He forgets a lot of things. <laughs> All right. But I'll tell you this. There's things that when it becomes to his money and business <clears throat> and vendettas. He's a mobster in that regard. He didn't ever fucking forget. So he's putting a screw job to these boys. He is fucking raking them over the coals every single chance he gets. And you know what? If I I was DJ or DDT. I don't think he's raking. I think he's making his... I think he's making his feelings known about it, though. He sure is, but because it's not—it's not like he signed an executive order or anything. He didn't yet. sign an executive order, but he's pro- here's. There's a lot going he's on. He's flexing. We got North Korea. We got this fucking tape that just came out. Donald, you got bigger fish to fry, my friend. Than uh, the fucking what's it take to tweet? <laughs> 20, 30 seconds. You got to fight your battles, Barbro. You, you got bigger fish to fry than these fucking 20 black dudes who are kneeling because black kids are getting beat up in the ghetto by police. That's happening. All right. I don't I I, I was pissed off at the beginning of it until I really peeled the, the layers back and understood. These guys are just silent. Here's the thing. They're silently protesting. There's no violence. You can you can fucking get past the fact that these guys aren't standing for the national anthem with their hand over their heart. I don't see the problem in that. I don't. It doesn't piss me off. It did it. The, it did at the beginning. But I'll tell you. You know why it doesn't piss me off? Just go fucking beat each other's brains in. I'm not looking at these guys as any kind of hero. I'm not putting them on a pedestal. There's that. I don't give a fuck. But some of the kids are. They do. But I'll tell you what, NFL football is brutal. It's a battle of fucking gladiators. That ain't a, kid, a sport for kids to watch. I mean, they can watch it. I wouldn't mind if my kid watched it. But this isn't a game for children. I mean, grown men and adults go to these games and get absolutely fucking hammered. Have you been to an NFL? Oh, no, you haven't, actually. No. Nope. I'll tell you what happens Seen at Ravens plenty, games. I'll tell you what happens at Ravens games and NFL games. People just get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> I mean, from the time, from 8 in the morning in the parking lot, okay, game starts at 1, and then they serve booze till the third quarter, which probably gets to be 3.30. Right. So you got a solid five, six, seven, eight hours of drinking, and then people go out afterwards. Look, it's not a fucking, it, it's not a family-friendly environment. A base, <laughs> like a baseball game is. You t- you t- I would take my daughter to an Orioles game. I would never never take my daughter to a Ravens game, at least until she was 40, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is not an environment for children. Anyway, I find it... uh I find it to be a uh, interesting dichotomy for Donald. And uh, and let's get on to the tape. You don't know what happened with the tape, do you? Uh, I do not. Well, here's what happened. And I give him a lot of credit because as it's revealed on the tape, he's talking to Michael Cohen, who's his lawyer at the time. Right. 
and Conan here talking about. And again, this doesn't shock me, and I also don't give a fuck. Trump's a rich dude who probably banged a lot of chicks while married, while not married. That's not my business. That's not my prerogative. And quite frankly, it didn't happen while he was in office. Yeah, this came came up today. It did, but that's a piece of this. Look, Clinton, the thing that Clinton disgraced the Oval Office in a way because, well, because he got a blowjob in the Oval Office from an intern while he was serving as president. And? Yeah. Keep going because. Tell me. No, you go. Why was he impeached? Or why did they start impeachment process? Tell me. Not because he got the BJ, but because he lied about it. Okay. Fair enough. Under oath. Sure. Now, he, it was abuse of power in his place. Certainly. But to lie under oath is an impeachable offense. Understood. Yeah, it should be. I mean, you know, you can't lie under it. That's undermining the, the justice system of the, of the judicial branch the of whole, the United States right. government. So here's the thing. It, it didn't happen while he was in office. Okay. Correct. It happened before. And before this, he was a high-profile businessman, a celebrity with a fucking trophy wife. Does it shock anyone? Nope. Does it shock anyone that Donald Trump cheated on his wife and did it with a fucking Playboy Playmate? Yes, that's the part that fucking shocks me. Donald, this, have you seen this chick, Karen McDougal? She was Playmate of the Year. I have. I have. I grew up beating off. Okay, I grew up jerking off to Karen McDougal. She was a fucking smoke show and probably still is. Okay, that's what I can't believe. Not that he's going, I want to pay in cash. Oh, here's the other thing. I'm watching CNN, right? And, uh, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I don't fall one way or the other. I, we had this discussion before. I'll, I'll take all the media. CNN and Fox are like fucking polar opposites. They're right. both, they're bo- one's a Democratic mouthpiece, one's a Republican mouthpiece, all right? So, but on CNN, there's a guy, they have this expert on who's analyzing the tape. And they're breaking down if Trump said cash or check, right? <laughs> Literally for paying this fucking Playboy, uh, 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 Playmate of the Year, right? Paying her off for sex, and the argument isn't over. Did he do it or didn't he? It's did he because this guy's going. The guy on CNN's going. Well, you know the only people that pay these kinds of things in cash, don't you? They're mobsters, and this president <laughs> is a mobster, right? So they're trying to fucking vilify him even more. From the fact that he cheated on his wife with a fucking Playboy uh, model of the year. That shit didn't work last time. Right. Why is but, it going to work now? Wait a minute. It's not like it's like it's not only bad enough, right? You got, you're reporting the story, and it's Chris Cuomo who's already a little bit fucking over the top, right? And he's like, yeah, this, is the, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Right. Again, we, we, know, we knew who Donald Trump was before he got elected. Like, some of the shit that comes out about him doesn't shock me and it shouldn't shock you as a listener or, or, or an american like holy shit he cheated on melania with a playmate what he used to have these legendary sex parties like back in the 80s just filled with cocaine and alcohol and models and like we knew what we were getting into i just like when it boils down to <laughs> cash or check and on cnn that is the fucking argument anyway I hope it was. Ch- I hope it was. Uh, uh, well, and here's the funny. Cohen, his his uh, his lawyers go. You would think the lawyer would go. No, we we got to do cash. There should be no paper trail. Trump's going pay in cash, and he's going. No, we got to do this. In ch- we got to do a check. We got to do a check. The lawyer advised that they have a check, 
Anyway, God bless you, Karen McDougal, for having sex with that fucking gorilla. Uh, it must have been a lot of money. You know, I can't imagine. I saw this picture of Trump, and they took away uh, they took away the hair and the spray tan, and it was like, <laughs> without the hair and the spray tan, Donald Trump is just like your angry neighbor. Like, he just looks like an everyday white guy. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> anyway. Where are we at on time, Mike? Uh, 40. Oh, we're 40? Good. Our guest for our next episode, Thez Grimes, has arrived. Thez, uh, Fanazo canceled on me tonight. Yeah, well, I didn't have Eric or Wendy. So you know what I'm doing? Flying holo like Sans. We're winging it. Flying solo like Hans. Flying holo like Sans. What did I just say? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's keep moving on. I read this article. It's a great article. And this is probably for most of my male listeners. And a few of my female. It's a cautionary tale to my female listeners. And uh, and this is a uh, certainly a feather in your cap for my male listeners. It's a woman. It's happened in uh, North Carolina. Okay. She goes in for a pedicure. And while I was married, probably not going to be for very much longer, <laughs> but while I was married, my wife would often come and say, hey, I need a pedicure. And, or, hey, I need a manicure. Oftentimes, I would pay for both the manicure and the pedicure because that got her out of the house longer, you know? And yeah, then I could just do that kind of guy. Then I could do whatever I wanted. I had carte blanche, you know? But so I'm reading this story. This is a true story, unlike a lot of the ones Eric brings to the table about <laughs> people fucking fish bladders and shit. All right. So it says, listen, after a pedicure session involving callus cutters, which is literally just shaving off like the dead skin on the heel. She's greater. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A woman from North Carolina suffered a severe infection almost resulting in a foot amputation. All right. Every day was a new chapter of what was going to happen to my leg. I was going to lose my leg. Was I going to lose my life? I don't know. Her name's Tracy Martinez. She's clearly she's clearly British. <laughs> what town did this happen in? Uh, this is North Carolina. Uh, I don't have the British, town. Winston British. Salem. Winston Salem. It oh, says there, that, there listen, go. the source of the adverse effect was traced back to a callus cutter, a cosmetic tool used to remove dead skin from the heel and the feet. Due to the risk of misuse, callus cutters are prohibited in many states, including North Carolina. Uh-oh. So listen, I'm not going to get into the uh, streptococcus and the streptococcus pneumonomy and the staphylococcus aurei and all the things that can cause infections. What about that lawsuit and how much money? What I'm going to tell you is feet are gross, okay? <laughs> feet are fucking gross. I'm not a foot guy. I'm not a foot fetish guy. I'll never be a foot fetish guy. Fuck you, Eric. All right? <laughs> So one, feet are gross. Two, ladies, if you're going to go get that pedicure, okay, be careful. And take a look at the little Asian woman. Let's be honest. That's probably who it's going to be. Her name's going to be like Mi Ling, okay? And she's and she's going to speak very little English. Wait, and she's going to be. That's a little bit racist. You know I, You know I couldn't get through an episode without you hitting that of button, not. right? All right, so take a look, and if she's got what's called a what's what looks like a pair of shears, right, like a little pair of hair, hairy shears, Paul McCartney. Uh, if you see these little fucking shears, hey, if she's got a pair of callus cutters, okay, you turn around and you walk the one, not one, you slap those callus cutters out of her hand, okay, and you say, hey, fuck you, me, Link, all right, and then you turn and you walk the hell out of there. Now, guys, next time your wife says, hey, I need a pedicure, all right, and you're low on cash. You got 20 bucks, and it's a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of booze, 
or that fucking pedicure, you tell this story. You keep that in your back pocket. And when that happens and she doesn't get the pedicure, and you get your smokes and your booze, you fucking call me and you say, thank you, Stefan, <laughs> because this was the greatest gift a man could have ever given me. Okay? My wife didn't lose her foot. Jesus. Damn you, I could have got a, I could have won a lawsuit. Listen, <laughs> listen, I hate to make this all about Donald Trump. All right? <laughs> I hate to make it. I, I do want to say this. I was in L.A. about three weeks ago. I walked. Disneyland. I did go to Disneyland. I rode Space Mountain more ways than one, and uh, <laughs> and and I went to the Chinese Theater. I saw the Chinese Theater, and I walked on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And one of the stars I was looking for was Slash. I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan. I found my Slash star. But I'll tell you whose star I did see. Wasn't looking for it, okay, necessarily. But I did see the Donald Trump star. Now, two days ago. Today is Wednesday, the 25th. Two days ago, Trump's star on the Walk of Fame was destroyed again. by a pickaxe. Now, you say again. This happened before. Oh, let's see. Somebody pissed on it last week or two ago. Here's the thing. You can get... I, look, I, when I went there, it was... After, I went and saw Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper, all right? That's Had right. a great time. And I go... And it was probably like midnight, one in the morning. And it wasn't well populated at that time. But there were still people... There were certainly still people on the street. Right. Okay. I can see maybe, maybe how you'd get away with pissing on this thing. What I can't see, regardless of the time. I mean, it's like fucking Times Square. Have you been out there? Have you seen? It's like it's a well-populated area. I don't care if it's his star or fucking Nicolas Cage or whoever. How in the fuck do you, you take a pickaxe? Like, that's going to take hours hours of work or if you have a jackhammer maybe 15 minutes but you have a fucking jackhammer people are gonna notice how did no one notice that this guy who had a pickaxe out rocking one of these stars in the hall of fame maybe people don't care is that how liberal los angeles is well you were there do you tell me uh, it's pretty liberal <laughs> yeah it's pretty liberal i think i might answer my own question you know what a bunch of citizens might have pitched in and just fucking came came with more pickaxes like the fucking created, se- and created a circle around him <laughs> whistle while you work <laughs> the fucking seven dwarves snow white they all came out of fucking hollywood studios anyway all right we got you back zach Britton got traded to the yankees did you hear this we got listeners all over the world, but the best closer in baseball two years ago was Zach Breton for the for the Baltimore Orioles. He got traded to our hated rivals, the New York Yankees. It just uh, makes my stomach turn. I hope he doesn't resign with them. Guy's got a ninety-five mile an hour left-handed sinker. Jesus. Anyway, I just needed to, I needed to get that off my chest. Uh, so listen, here's here's a great piece of entertainment that I would like to uh, share with people. You play video games, Thes? I know you're not a guest yet. All right, Mike, you play a lot of video games. I do not. All right, so there's a, a YouTube star. I oh, uh, where did it, what did I write his name as? Dumbass. All right, no, I just <laughs> I made his name up. That's not his name. He was uh, he plays Call of Duty. He plays it at I guess the professional level. I play video games. I play Fortnite. I play Rocket League. I play Madden. Not at the professional level, right? Because I like having sex with girls. Um, <laughs> but apparently this guy was getting laid and getting laid good. This YouTube star. He was dating, quote, unquote, the world's sexiest weather girl. And I took a look at her. And, man, was she a smoke show. <laughs> I mean, this chick was a fucking Right? He dumps her. Here's why he dumps her. Because he's going to play more Call of Duty. Priorities. Priorities? 
priorities. Warped priorities, but dude, he's probably playing eighteen hours of Call of Duty a day. Or how much more Call of Duty do you need that you can't fucking poke this ridiculously hot chick? I don't understand the world that we're living what, in. Is what, what I'm telling you. I'm starting to not recognize it anymore. Did he have a job? His job is playing fucking video games. Oh. He makes probably a million dollars doing it. Then he'll find another smoke it's show. It's a weird, wild world we live in, is all I'm saying. There's another smoke show down the street. I mean, I've often said that. That's my new philosophy <laughs> in life. I've often, that's the kind, you roll with the punches, right? Oh, boy. No matter where, who, whatever. Somebody's Jimmy, sick uh, of her shit. Jimmy Garoppolo. You heard of this guy? No. He's the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Real good-looking kid. I mean, good-looking kid. Chiseled jaw, cannon of an arm. He was Brady's understudy. Some of them are saying he's going to be better than Brady. That's not possible. I mean, he's the GOAT right now. I'm not a Brady guy. I never was a Brady guy. I was a Peyton Manning guy for the longest time. I still am. But it's real hard to fucking deny Brady's greatness at this point. I mean, it's longevity. He's, what, 41? Right. Banging some supermodel, by the way. Well, good on you, Tom. Is Tom going, I'm going to fucking get rid of Giselle so I can throw more touchdowns? No. No. All right? Just want to say, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's because she makes more money than he does. Well, she might, to be perfectly she honest does. with you. She's worth more than he is. Is she really? Yeah. I mean, she's a, just an international fucking supermodel, right? I mean, that's all she is or ever. Yeah, that's does she, what that's is she, all she is. Does she have what? Does she have like her own clothing line and shit? I don't, or like, I don't know. She's got to have more than just the modeling. I, if she's, if I heard she's somebody, worth that uh, yeah, much. Yeah, I heard him talking about this a couple of months ago that she was worth more than he was. All right. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's out in uh, San Francisco, which is a very progressive city. All right. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is parading around town. Um, he's banging a porn star. He's banging a porn star. Now, I don't see a problem with it. I certainly don't. Um but there are a lot of people that are up in arms over this because he's so high profile. And just what you were saying a second ago, Mike, how, uh, you know, the, the kids, the kids are looking up to these guys. Right. And we were talking about the kneeling thing. And, you know, is that right or wrong? And again, I have no problem with it. I think it's a fucking perfectly reasonable way to protest. A lot of people see, see the harm. I told I said, look, I take myself out of it in the sense of these guys are this is entertainment. I, look, I don't need to know these guys' personal lives. I don't need to know their belief. I, I'm okay with it. I understand what they're saying. But at the end of the day, I'm there to watch these guys play football, right? I, I don't need the rest of it. So a lot of people uh, are upset that he's dating this porn star, like going on dates with her, taking her around town. Her name's Kiara Mia for all of our listeners. I know a lot of our listeners enjoy pornography. Uh, no. Her name is Kiara Mia. She's Jimmy Garoppolo's new girlfriend. It's causing people to freak out. Um, I don't know. Where do you sit on that, Mike? Do you think it's okay for a guy, a, an NFL quarterback? Now, you were the one. I know this is why I ask you, because you said, hey, the kids are watching this, and that's why you mentioned the kneeling and the, and the right. lack of patriotism. Right. Where do you stand on this? Uh. Are they really? They're making a a big public to do about this guy dating a porn star. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he has a girlfriend. His and he was seen on set. He was on set while she was working. Well, the, I hope the kids aren't watching the scenes that she's working on. And of course, uh, if she I comes mean, to the games, I imagine she's dressed. Here's what I no. Here's what I mean. The fact that this guy, this high profile 
role model. Some people look at these guys as role models. True which, story. Which seem to be what you were leaning towards by right. saying the kids. Right. What do you think about a guy who's a makes uh, $120 million over the next five years slamming this porn star and parading her around town? Do you think that's a good image for the league? It's not a good image for the kids. And... It- as far as the league is concerned, I don't really give a damn. Uh, look, I think this guy should be catching as much. If, the, if they're going to fucking give these guys that are kneeling silently to protest police brutality and the fucking president is going to weigh in on it, and you're going to tell me that because it's a lack of patriotism or it's for the kids or fucking whatever, this guy should be catching as much flack as any of those guys for walking around town slamming some porn star. And I don't even have a problem. I don't have a problem with either. But if you're going to fucking play this game, then you better fucking play this one. Sounds right to me. All right. Well, I got your agreeance. That was easy. All right. Last thing I'm going to say. Bryce Harper. Did you watch the Home Run Derby? He cheated. Did you know he cheated? In the last minute, I believe he trailed by eight home runs. The rule was, and by the way, Bryce, the do you, do you know who Bryce's pitcher was? It was his father. He had his father throwing the pitches. I hate Bryce Harper. I think he's the biggest douchebag. I hate him. He's a dude. Look at he had the fucking headband on. Just come on. Yeah, the sleeve, the fucking head. Oh, by the way, Bryce, when your when your hometown Washington Capitals were in the fucking Stanley Cup, you're wearing a Vegas Knights hat. So take your patriotic ass, patriotic ass out of here. Now, he's from Vegas. I get it. But you can't have it both ways, Bryce. All right? You can't fucking have it both ways. All right? So Bryce, so here's what happened. By the way, he wins. It's an epic comeback. It's this big to do. You're supposed to wait as the pitcher. When you hit a home run in the home run derby competition in 2018, as the rules stand today, before you throw the next pitch or before the next pitch is thrown to you as a batter and a, and a competitor, the ball that you've hit previously has to land. Didn't happen. Rapid fire. Fucking John Harper, whatever the god his fucking dad's name is, is just hucking balls. And Bryce is a fucking plowing them into the outfield. All right. Bryce Harper cheated to win the 2018 home run derby competition and to that i say fuck you bryce harper anyway i think that's it mike i think that's all i had to talk about tonight anything else on your list no i was good all right we got our next guest uh, in the studio thes grimes we're going to come up for air we're going to take a little break and start um, episode number seven. Certainly appreciate you guys paying attention, listening in, and uh, going solo with me tonight. Well, not solo. I had the whooping crane. I had my whooping crane. <laughs> and uh, and it's been a great time. So, uh, Eric Joliker, we don't need you anymore. You can stay wherever you are. Wendy, we'll welcome you back with open arms. And uh, and Thez, uh, Thez Grimes on deck. Mike Finazzo, we may see you again. I'm sorry you didn't come, but, man, would you have had a lot of one-on-one attention. Thank you, Dark Continent. This is a big-timing comedy production.
Can't wait.